Can you hear me? All right. Now all I got to make sure is that thing works. Turn it down. How's that? Down. How's that? How's that? How's that? How's that? Okay. I can raise it and lower it right here, so if you need anything. It's good to see everybody today. When Jim called me a couple of weeks ago and said that uh, he wanted me to teach today, and he wanted me to teach in Revelation. Well, that's good because that's my favorite book. So that's where we're going to be today. I hope everyone has a handout, at least one per couple. If you don't have one, they're back there. Yeah, J.C. has some. What we're going to look at today is what is the tribulation in Revelation? I want everybody to turn real quickly to Revelation chapter 12. This, by the way, is just the basis for the lesson today. There's about four different items that we're going to glean out of this that we will mesh in with what else we have to look at today. So, Revelation chapter 12, verses 1 through 17. If we look at this in the continuity of, of the Scriptures in prophecy, we see that this is, in fact, Satan versus Israel. That's what the tribulation is boiled up into one ball could be called. So let's begin reading, if you will, in chapter 12, Revelation, verse 1. Now I'm going to stop every little bit and kind of do a little explanation of this. Verse 1, And a great symbol or sign appeared in heaven. Everybody look up. That is a key to understanding Revelation chapter 12. The sign or a symbol has to do with what God has given John to tell us in this particular book appeared in heaven a woman clothed with the sun. The sign is a woman clothed with the sun. And the moon under her feet and on her head a crown of twelve stars. Just as a little side note, what do you think the twelve stars would tell us real quick? The twelve tribes of Israel. Excellent. Good. Let's go on. And she was with child, and she cried out, being in labor and in pain to give birth. Now, I want you to know that, that this first one has to do with the woman, and in the revelation, the woman, the sign or the symbol, equals what? Israel. Now, keep that in mind. If you, if you get that lost, we'll be lost during this whole shooting match. So, Israel is the woman. Let's go on now. And she was with child, and she cried out, being in labor and in pain to give birth. And another sign or symbol appeared in heaven, and behold, a great red dragon. That ought to tell us exactly who that is, having seven heads and ten horns, and on his heads were seven diadems. We're going to get into this a little later on, but this is the picture of Satan. Let's get on now. And his tail swept away, verse 4, and a third of the stars of heaven, and threw them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman who was about to give birth, so that when she gave birth, he might devour the child. And she gave birth to a son, a male child, who is to rule all the nation. If you underline your Bible, underline who is to rule all the nations with a rod of iron. And her child was caught up to God and to his throne. This is Israel showing who? Jesus. Good. Let's go on now. Verse 6, And the woman fled into the wilderness where she had a place prepared by God. It's really important that we get this particular verse. If we miss it, we're going to be lost a little bit further down the road. 
And the woman fled into the wilderness where she had a place prepared by God. Why? So that she might be nourished, next key phrase, for 1,260 days. That tells us that that is half of what? Half of the tribulation. Now keep that in mind and we'll go on here. And there was war in heaven. There is, we just got through looking about this first six verses are a war on uh, uh, earth. Now here's a war in heaven. Verse 7, and there was a war in heaven. Michael and his angels waging war with the dragon. And the dragon and his angels waged war and they were not strong enough. And there was no longer a place found for them in heaven. And the great dragon, who is Satan, let's look on now, let's get it going. And the dragon, his angel waged war, they were not strong enough, found him in heaven. The great dragon, verse 9, was thrown down. The serpent of old, who is called the devil, and Satan, who deceives the whole world. Incredible. We need to get this right down where we live. And he was thrown down to the earth, and his angels were thrown down with him. War in heaven. We just witnessed a war on uh, uh, earth, what we talked about first. Now that happens to be, the key phrase here is the 1,260 days. That's the last half of the tribulation. Keep that in our mind now. We're talking now the last half of the tribulation. Let's look on. Verse 10, And I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come. Why? For the accuser of our brethren has been thrown down who accuses them before our God day and night. It's, it's really important that we get these. Satan is, we've already seen, the great deceiver. He is the accuser, and he is the destroyer that we'll see here in just a minute. Verse 11, and they overcame him. Why? Because, number one, the blood of the Lamb, and because of the word of their testimony, number two, number three, and they did not love their life even to death. For this reason, verse 12, Rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. Woe to the earth and the sea, because the devil has come down to you. Look carefully now. Having great wrath, knowing that he has only a short time to live. Get the picture now. He's been kicked out of heaven. He's, Michael overcame him via God, and he's down there, and he's down there when? The last half of the tribulation, 1,260 days that we talked about just a moment ago. War on earth, phase two, starts in verse 13. And when the dragon saw that he was thrown down to the earth, he persecuted the woman, Israel, right out there beside the woman, Israel. That's what that symbol was who gave birth to the male child. And the two wings of the great eagle were given to the woman, Israel. Why? In order that she might fly into the wilderness to her place where she, Israel, was nourished, careful now, for a time, times and a half a time. That represents 1,260 days, one more time, the last half of the tribulation. That's where Israel was nourished. Verse 14, 15, And the serpent poured water like a river out of the mouth after the woman so that he might cause her to be swept away with the flood. Look what Jesus does right here. And the earth helped the woman, and the earth opened its mouth and drank up the river which the dragon had poured out of his mouth. God's on his throne, folks. Verse 17, finally, and the dragon, Satan, was enraged with the woman. He was enraged with Israel and went off to make war with the rest of her offsprings who keep the commandments of God and hold to the testimony of Jesus. This is an absolute incredible story when you look at it in its entirety from when it started War on earth, war in heaven, war again on earth. Who these 
people are and what they represent. A on your outline is God through with Israel. Daniel 9.24. Daniel 9.24. I can answer that just by saying no. God is not through with Israel. He just has barely begun. Chapter 9, verse 24. Seventy weeks have been decreed for your people, this is Israel, and your holy city, Israel, to do what? To finish the transgression, number one. Number two, to make the end of sin. Number three, to make atonement for iniquity. Number four, to bring in everlasting righteousness. Number five, to seal up vision and prophecy. Seal up vision and prophecy. Get that now. That hadn't happened yet. So you are to know, verse 25, and discern. Listen carefully. You are to know and discern. It's our responsibility to know what God says, why he said it, to discern it properly in our minds and in our hearts that we might put it into practical application so that you are to know and discern that from the issuing of a decree to restore and rebuild Jerusalem until Messiah the Prince, there will be seven weeks and 62 weeks, and it will be built again with plaza and moat, even in times of distress. Did this happen? Yes, it did happen. It happened, and it's already passed, and it's done. But what we want to look at now is verse 26. Then after the 62 weeks, the Messiah will be cut off and have nothing. Are you with me here? When did that happen? When did the Messiah be cut off? At his what? At his death on the cross. But in his resurrection, Satan didn't quite understand that. We'll see that in a little bit. And it's end, here we are, until. And the people of, <coughs> boy, I'm losing my voice. Then after the 62 weeks, the Messiah will be cut off and have nothing. And the people of the prince, the prince who is to come. Who's that? That's Satan, the Antichrist. And do we have it in our mind? Am I losing you? Are we all on the same page right now? Okay, I don't want to get so fast that I, I, I get us out of whack here. The prince who will become will destroy the city and the sanctuary. Look up. How's he going to destroy the city and the sanctuary? The city and the sanctuary have already been destroyed. How's that going to happen? What's going to do what? That's right. 70 A.D., the Roman legion did it. Now, how's he going to do it now? We're talking about things to come. It had to be rebuilt. Thanks, Harold. It had to re be rebuilt. Why? So the Antichrist can set in it. Let's go on. So this is the prophecy that's telling us that this stuff is still to come. Let's look on now. And its end will come with a flood. Even to the end there will be war. Desolations are determined. Desolations are determined. There are the, the Romans who are the people of the prince who is to come. That, that's really important that we get this. The people to come are the Roman people. There are, there are all kinds of things out in the air. Who is going to be the Antichrist? The Antichrist could be alive right now for all we know. He might be a baby. He might be 40 years old. Because the Lord is about that far from coming back and calling a halt to all of it anyway. But what I want us to see here is that for, for us to think that this is going to be somebody from America or somebody from Africa, we need to get a perspective here. This is from the Roman Empire. These folks are the ones that we need to be looking at. Now, Verse 27, we're talking about the Antichrist now. Here we go. And he, the Antichrist, will make a firm covenant with the many for one week, but in the middle of the week he will put a stop to sacrifice and grain offering, and on the wing of abominations will come one who makes desolate even until a complete destruction, one that is decreed. You see, all God is putting this out here for us to know and understand. It has been decreed, and it is poured out on the one who makes desolate. 
Who is the one that makes desolate? Talk to me. Antichrist is going to be poured out on him. How's it going to be poured out on him? We'll look a little bit more here in just a second. Well, <clears throat> look at Jeremiah. Jeremiah, verse 30, chapter 30, excuse me, chapter 30, verse 5. By the way, our, our own Dr. Mark Bailey makes a very good observation when he says that since 1945 when the League of Nations was, was put together and it's now the uh, abomination of the nations, United Nations, so to speak, that they everybody agreed that we're going to have peace from now on. I want you to put this picture right in front of you. From the date of that signing in 1945 until this very day, there has been three weeks of peace in the world. Three weeks where no nation has been fighting against another one. There is no peace. Somebody start saying something. Mike, did you? Did you? Okay, okay. Let's let's scoot on here. I just wanted to get that out so we could look at this. Jeremiah 30 verse 5. For thus says the Lord. Key word. Thus says the Lord. I have heard a sound of terror of dread, and there is no peace. Ask now and see. If a male can give birth, then, then why do I see every man with his hands on his loins as a woman in childbirth? And why have all faces turned pale? Good question. Alas, for that day is great. There is none like it. And it is the time of Jacob's distress. Jacob's distress is what? Israel's distress. Thank you, Mike. But, listen carefully, he will be saved from it. That's what we hang our hats on. These promises are absolutely. B on your outline, terror will be worse than it ever has been known to any man at any time. Quickly, Joel chapter 2. Joel chapter 2. That's page 1353 in mine and Mike's Bible. Joel 2, verses 1 and 2. Blow a trumpet in Zion and sound an alarm on my holy mountain. Why? Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble, for the day of the Lord is coming. It has not happened. It is coming. Surely it is near. A day of darkness and gloom, a day of clouds and thick darkness as the dawn is spread over the mountains. So there is a great, great and mighty people. There has never been anything like it, nor will there be again after it to the years of many generations. It's coming. It's on the way. Now, let's look over at Matthew chapter 24. Now, there's some things here that I might not even get past this point. Matthew's is loaded with this good stuff. Matthew 24, chapter 1, uh, uh, verse 1, chapter 24, verse 1. And Jesus came out from the temple and was going away when his disciples came up to point out the temple buildings to him. And he answered and said to them, Do you not see all these things? Truly I say unto you, not one stone here shall be left upon one another which will not be torn down. Mike just told us when that happened. A.D. 70, verse 2. And he answered and said to them, Do you not see all these things? Truly I say unto you, Not one stone here shall be left upon another, which will not be torn down. Disciples have questions. Verse 3, And he was sitting on the Mount of Olives. Disciples came to him privately saying, Tell us, when will these things be? What is he talking about? The things to come. When will this be? And Jesus, no, excuse me, let me finish up. Tell us, when will these things be and what will be the sign of your coming? Underline or circle that. What will be the sign of your coming? We're going to see it today before we get done. Tell us when all these things will be and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age. 
Listen to me, folks. This is not the end of everything. This is the end of the church age. That's important that we get that. It's the end of the church age. That's where we are right now. We are part of the church age. Verse 4, the signs of the end of the time. And Jesus answered and said to them, See to it that no one misleads you. For many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will mislead many. And you will be hearing of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not frightened, for those things must take place. But that is not yet the end, for nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom, and in various places there will be famines, earthquakes. But all these things are merely the beginning of birth pangs. Isn't that interesting? We just looked at Jeremiah chapter 30, verse 5, and it talked about birth pangs. Verse 9, then they will deliver you true what? To tribulation. They will kill you. Who's he talking about? Not the church age. The church age is gone. He's talking about Israel. And will kill you, and you will be hated by all nations on account of my name. And at that time, many will fall away and will deliver up one another and hate one another. Verse 11, and many false prophets will arise and will, will mislead many. Why? Because lawlessness is increased. Most people's love will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end, he shall be saved. Key verse 14, and this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in the whole world for a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation, whenever you see Satan's Antichrist in being destroyed, you know that things are getting ready to happen. Daniel the prophet, and excuse me, let me finish that up, was spoken through Daniel the prophet standing in the holy place. Listen carefully. Parentheses in that next little phrase says, let the reader what? Understand. That's us. We are to understand and know about this. Why? So we can tell others who don't know straight up from Sikkim about Jesus, they need to get saved. So here's, here's let's look at it now. Verse 18, then let those who are in, I mean 16, excuse me, then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let whom is on the housetop house not go down to get the things that, out that are in his house. Let him who is in the field not turn back to get his cloak. But woe to those who were child and those who nursed babies in those days. But pray that your flight may not be in winter or on a Sabbath. For then, listen carefully, where are we right now? We're in the middle of the tribulation, the last 1260 days of earth as we know it right now. For then there will be a great tribulation. Look carefully. For such as has not occurred since the beginning of the world until now, nor shall ever be, and unless those days had been shortened, no life would have been saved. But for the sake of the elect. Who's the elect? Who's the elect? Talk to me. Israel. Israel is the elect. Now, we are... i got to back up here. Somebody said the church, and that's right too. But the church has already been raptured up. So we're talking about the last half of the tribulation. Now, are you with me? Shake your head if you got your head on. Do what? Well, when when the when the rapture takes place, that ends the church age. Yes, that is correct. During the tribulation, the tribulation saints and everybody that trusts Christ. That's right. But we'll get into that. Yeah. Exactly. Everybody hear that? When disciples and other people came to Jesus and asked him about the church age, the church age had not even been established. Certainly Jesus knew about it, but nobody else did. So that was a moot point at that 
at that time, that's what Mike's saying that helps him, keeps it segregated. Good point. Verse 24. No, verse 23. Then if anyone says to you, Behold, here is a Christ, or there he is, do not believe him. Why? For false Christs and false prophets will arise and show great signs and wonders so as to mislead, if possible, even the elect, coupled in what we just said. Behold, look carefully, I have told you in advance. If therefore they say to you, Behold, he's in the wilderness, do not go forth, or behold, he's in the inner rooms, do not believe them. For just as the lightning comes from the east and flashes even to the west, so shall the coming of the man, son of man be. Wherever the corpse is, there will vultures will gather. Now look, verse 29 on down through 34 are really important. But immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened, the moon will not give its light, stars will fall from the skies, the powers of the heavens will be shaken, and then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in the sky, and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of the sky if with power and great glory. Question. What are we talking about here? What What is Matthew pinning down that Jesus has in reference to right here? As to what? Okay. What part of the second coming? Rapture has already taken place. That's the first sign of the second coming. So, what does this have a reference to? After the tribulation, listen carefully now, I'm going to read it again, and the sign, and verse 30, and then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in the sky. Everybody look up. Did the Son of Man appear in the sky to everybody at the rapture? No. He appeared only to those who are saved and children of His. Those are the ones we saw him, and he called us up to be on the clouds after the dead in Christ were raised first. Are you with me? Second Thessalonians tells us that. Let's go on here. And then in the middle of that, and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn. Everybody that's left is going to mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of the sky with power and great glory. Now, Jim, what you said was right. It just needed to have added one little thing. This is called the second advent of the second coming. Are you with me? Jesus comes and calls all the Christians to home at the rapture. And then at the end of the tribulation, that's what we're talking about right now. Are you with me? Are you going around like this? We need it clear. Okay, let's go on. Verse 31, and he will send forth his angels with a great trumpet, and they will gather together his elect, what we were talking about just a while ago, from the four winds from one end of the sky to other. The tribulation elect and all the saved. That's what that has reference to. Now, verse 32, learn the parable. Now it's time to go. Now learn the parable from the fig tree when it's branched. Don't look at that. Go down to verse 34. Truly I say to you, this generation will not pass away until all these things take place. Everybody look up. This is very important. What generation is he talking about? There's about 45 different answers on this. Do what? Uh, don't think so. Let's let's think about that a minute. Yeah. The gener. Okay. Yes, ma'am.
That's part of it, too. That's part of it, too. Do what? That's right. That, 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 and, and we'll get into that in just a moment, too. But it, the gospel has to be preached into the whole world before this could happen. I want to ask you a question. Has the gospel been preached all over the world? Pretty much, pretty much. Most, most Bible scholars tell you that it's pretty much. Precisely, yes, yes. I cannot tell you, nor does anybody else, I don't think, exactly what this generation is. It's my opinion, and this is strictly my opinion, that it's the generation who are born when Israel got its nation, which was 1948. Now, what is a generation? I don't know. That's how much? 70, it could be, but right now it's probably 85. You know, we're living longer. I don't know what it is, Paula, and I don't, I don't know. But I think everybody can figure out that this generation will not pass. Folks, look up. We ain't got much time. I mean, we might think we do. Like most people, oh, everything's going to be all right. Oh, we'll go fishing tomorrow and hunt for frogs. Boy, we better get that out of our mind. I mean, this is serious business. Woo, I imagine. <laughs> we better start looking for something. But folks, I'm sorry. I'm not even going to come close to getting done. Do what? Boy, you're in this all by yourself, partner. <laughs> I don't know about the red bull or heifer. I don't know. I don't know. John, you know? What red heifer is? Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Sounds good to me. Here, here's, here's, here's what I want us to zero in on right now. That, that this prophecy that we are looking at today is given to us by Jesus himself. This is Jesus. This isn't the Old Testament prophets. This is Jesus. Well... Let's look on number letter C, nature and description of the tribulation. Let's go to Isaiah 24. I think it will, yes. Well, I think it might be in our kids' generation. Hey, it could be tomorrow. It could be this afternoon. Praise God. We wouldn't have to watch the cowboys get beat if it'd come right <laughs> That's right. Yeah, that's it. Isaiah 24, verses 3. Actually, I'm going to start at verse 1. Behold, the Lord lays the earth waste, devastates it, distorts its surface, and scatters its inhabitants. This is part of the nature, if you will, and description of the tribulation distorts its surface and scatters its inhabitants. And the people will be like the priest, the servant like his master, the maid like her mistress, the buyer like the seller, the lender like the borrower, the creditor like the debtor. In other words, they won't know straight up from second what's going on. Verse 3, the earth will be completely laid waste, completely laid waste and completely despoiled. Why? For the Lord has spoken his word. The earth mourns and withers. The world fades and withers. The exalted of the people of the earth fade away. The earth is also polluted by its inhabitants, for they transgress laws. 
violated statutes, broke the everlasting covenant, therefore a curse devours the earth, and those who live in it are held guilty. Therefore the inhabitants of the earth are burned, and few men are left. Now who are we talking about? We're talking about Israel prior. Let's go on now. That is going to be the worst hour in human history. Look at Amos 5, verse 17. Amos 5. That's page 1365. Amos chapter 5, verses 17 through 19. And in all the vineyards there is wailing. Why? Because I shall pass through the midst of you, says the Lord. Alas, verse 18, you who are longing for the day of the Lord, for what purpose will the day of the Lord be to you? It will be darkness and not light, as when a man flees from a lion, and a bear meets him, or goes home and leans his hand against the wall, and a snake bites him. You know, this is bad stuff. It's, it isn't a good deal during this time. Let's go on. The next thing I want us to see, I'm going to kind of skip some of this. <coughs> Do what? What verse? What verse? Uh, I, I was reading from Isaiah, I mean Amos 5, 17 through 19. I'll slow down. If we don't get through, I'll finish it the next time Kyle gets sick. Or uh, He didn't get sick, did he? He went to be with his mama or something. Anyway, don't make any difference. Any other, anything else before we scoot on here? I'm not going to get done so it doesn't make any difference. The days of the Lord is what I was talking about here. So let's scoot on to the next one. The 70 weeks of Daniel concludes. Verse 27, Daniel, we already read that a while ago. I want us to go back. I want you to see very carefully nine Daniel 9, let's see what it says, verse 27. And he will make a firm covenant with the many for one week. But in the middle of the week he will put a stop to sacrifice and grain offering and on the wing of abominations will come one, listen carefully, who makes desolate even until a complete destruction one that has been decreed and is poured out on the one who makes desolate. God's judgment is poured out on the world and Israel. Next thing, promise to the church, Revelation 3.10. We all know this, but we don't know where it is in the Scriptures. I don't. Maybe you do. I know where it is now. Verse 10 the message to the church at Philadelphia and therefore us. Because you have kept the word of my perseverance, I also will keep you from the hour of testing. I'll stop right there. Some people hadn't got there yet. This is an important, a highly important verse for Christians to keep on our hand and in our heart and in our mind. Verse 10 again, because you, church, have kept the word of my perseverance, I also will keep you from the hour of testing. What is the hour of testing? The tribulation. Thank you, Mike. That hour which is about to come upon the whole world. Why? To test those who will dwell on the earth. Folks, if that don't kind of get you stirred up, you don't have a stirrer. I mean, that's, that's pretty strong right there. Let's scoot on. That's the promise to the church. I, I want to read you what J. Dwight Pentecost says here. J. Dwight Pentecost highlights, highlights the tribulation in his great volume, Things to Come, and he notes ten following descriptions of the time period we're talking about right now. Descriptive words that characterize that with all having spiritual and scriptural support. Here are the words. Wrath, 
judgment, indignation, trial, trouble, destruction, darkness, desolation, overturning, and punishment. Well, if that won't ring your bell, you don't have a bell. It's, it's going to be bad time stuff for everybody except those of us who are saved. Real quickly, we'll finish this. Three major convulsions during the tribulation. Everybody with me on the, it, it's D on your outline, three major convulsions. Is everybody or anybody noticed the world today? Have you noticed what, what is the common thread among many people? A global this or a global that. The global economy is causing the gold to go up and the oil to go down, blah, blah, blah. That might be a fact. I don't know about that. But the point I want us to get, three major convulsions during the tribulation period are, number one, a one-world government. Why is that so important? So the Antichrist can rule everybody from his perch. The next thing that's going to happen is a one-world economy. Everybody look up. Do we see that happening before our very eyes? Well, you know, we got to bail out Greece now. Let Greece bail herself out. You know, Jesus is the bailer, and if he don't bail them out, they don't need bailing out. I'm saying that, that what we need to look at is these things are taking place now for a reason. And what would that reason be? I think everybody said it right. I didn't hear any of it, but that's okay. It's God's plan, exactly. And it, what it is, it's preparing the world for things that are on the horizon about that far away. Second, third thing I want us to see is a one-world economy. Uh, excuse me, one world religion. What do you think about that? I'm, I'm going to quit right there. No, I won't. I want to get that E. What do you think about that quickly? What do, what do you think about one world religion? Talk to me. Don't be afraid to say anything. Okay, what do you think that would be? Who do you think is going to be the guru in the, in the uh, tribulation period when Antichrist sets up his guru of religion? Huh? Hold your hand up so I can see who's talking. Oh, you don't want to repeat it. That okay. Okay. Well, boy, he be <laughs> something's going to happen quick with Soros, I'm afraid. I'm hoping. I shouldn't say I'm afraid. Okay, the Muslims is one. Where is the Antichrist from? Rome. Well, what is the world religion that's been trying to take over since the Roman days? Catholicism. Thank you. That's what's going to be in the end times. The guru or the ambassador or whatever that antichrist is going to call the head of the religion is going to be Catholicism. That's the major consensus of everybody I've studied on this for 15 years. So that's just my opinion, but that's shared by many others. Cause and effect worldwide apostasy and rebellion. Everybody look up. Is that happening right now? As we talk, it's happening. I want you to look with me, if you will, Second Thessalonians 2, verses 1 through 4.
I can find Second Thessalonians. Where is Thessalonians? Here, I found it. Thank you. I knew it was in here somewhere. 2, 1 through 4. 2 Thessalonians 2, 1 through 4, and 9 through 10. For you yourselves know, brethren, that our coming to you is not in vain. But after we had already suffered and been mistreated in Philippi, as you know, we had the boldness in our God to speak to you the gospel amid much opposition, contention, apostasy, rebellion, etc. For our exhortation does not come from error or impurity or by way of deceit. But just as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, so we speak not as pleasing men, but God who examines our heart. It is gone absolutely gone during the Antichrist reign, there won't be any common sense utilized whatsoever. Let's look now in verses. I've got it down here somewhere. Verses 9 and 10. For you recall, brethren, our labor and hardship. I'm in the wrong one. I thought I was. I want Second Thessalonians. Did everybody follow me pretty good on that? <laughs> I thought surely my wife would say, hey, you're in the wrong book, Bubba. <laughs> All right, well, let's look on. I apologize. Second Thessalonians, I knew something wasn't right. Here we go. Now we request you, brethren, with regard to the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to him. Everybody got on the right page now, especially me. Second Thessalonians 2 1, through that you may not be quickly shaken from your composure or be disturbed either by a spirit or a message or a letter as it from us to the effect that the day of the Lord has come. Let no one in any way deceive you, for it will not come unless the apostasy comes first. That's enough. We don't need to look at it anymore. The apostasy has to do with rebellion. Rebellion against who? Rebellion against God and what is truth and what needs to be done. When we see that happening, that is, if you will, the cause and effect totally of the great tribulation. i got to quit, kids. It's 1030 and I'm war plumb out. Anybody have anything to... Yeah, I'll be willing to tell that. have no scriptural proof whatsoever except you look at what has happened in and through the years. You don't need a whole lot of proof written down if you can, you know, see that. That's my opinion. I thought I stated that earlier. Yeah. Oh, yes, ma'am. Okay, sounds good to me. Anything else? Let's stand and be dismissed. Father, we thank you, Lord Jesus, for your word, for the fact that it is absolute, it's giving us discernment. We thank you that it is living, it's powerful, it's sharper than any two-edged sword. Father, we thank you that you have told us in your word time and time again that you are coming back. We feel in our hearts and in our minds that it's pretty quick. I pray, God, that 
we will understand our responsibility as Christians, Father, to be ready, to be watchful, and to be faithful to you. I thank you for this class and our marvelous church. I pray you'd give us a victory this week. And I join in with others that pray for our great nation. I pray, God, that you would cause your word to prosper and that the right people would be in control of our Congress and Senate and White House. Ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen. straight up from stick of me. I don't have any idea. East Texas means you don't know a whole lot. Well, I, but I just had to find out what that means. I have no, you're the only person I've ever heard who's ever said that. Now, buddy, does the temple have to be rebuilt? Does the temple have to be rebuilt? Well, then he can't come today. Well, yeah, it could. Oh, really? It could, but the temple's not going to be rebuilt until the middle of the Thank you, buddies. We appreciate you, brother.